preface to the commentary on the benediction of the twelve patriarchs by rufinus this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org paulinus to his brother rufinus all best wishes even a short letter from one so like-minded as yourself is a great refreshment, like the dew which revives a thirsty field while the rivers are low. But while I confess that I have been refreshed by this letter, which, though short, is still from you, and is sent by the servant of our common children, yet I have been troubled at hearing that all at once, through the disquiet of your anxiety and the uncertainty caused by delay, you have determined that you must go to Rome." may the lord grant you to receive joy in the lord from what we are doing so that as now we share in your anxiety so we may rejoice in your joy and that we may still have some beginnings of hope that we may enjoy your presence when you begin to see clearly your way and the will of the lord concerning you you are kind enough with that affection which makes you love me as yourself to desire that i should take up more seriously the study of greek literature I acknowledge the kindness which dictates this wish, but I am unable to give it effect, unless, through God's blessing on my earnest desires, I should have the happiness of your company for a longer time. How can I gain any proficiency in a foreign tongue, in the absence of him who might teach me what I do not know? I think that, in the matter of the translation of St. Clement, besides the other defects of my ability, you notice this especially as showing the weakness caused by my want of practice, that where i had been unable to understand the words or to express them accurately i have translated them according to my idea of their drift or to speak more truly set down what i thought ought to be there all the more therefore do i need that through god's mercy i may have your company in fuller measure for that will be like wealth to the poor or like gathering the crumbs which fall from the rich man's table with the eager appetite of the bondman's heart at the moment when I was writing these words, my eye fell upon a passage of Scripture occurring in a portion which I had set down for reading, namely that in which Judah is blessed by Jacob, and I determined after a time to knock at the door of your mind for which the Lord had given me this most timely occasion. I beg you, if you love me, or rather because you love me so greatly, to write and say how you understand this blessing of the patriarchs, and if there are some things in it which are worth knowing but hard to understand impart to me also the knowledge of them especially of that passage which says binding his colt to the vine and his ass's colt to the haircloth tell me what is the colt and the ass's colt and why this colt is to be bound to the vine but the ass's colt to the haircloth the answer of rufinus forms the preface to his exposition of the benedictions the more I excuse myself to you, and the more I assert that I am unable to respond to your inquiries, the more instant you become in your requests, and the harder become your demands. You treat me as you would an ox whose laziness you have discovered, and prick his flanks and back as he stops and turns back with goads of ever-increasing sharpness. I must point out to you, therefore, that even if I am able to bow my neck low, so as just to drag the heavy yoke which you lay upon me, yet i have no chance of bursting at a rapid pace into the open and wide-spreading plains through a form of speech which flows at large and pours itself forth over far-extending space bear with me therefore if my resolution has been but tardily fulfilled and if i come up only at a feeble pace to the point to which you call me 
You ask me how the passage in Genesis is to be understood in which Israel, the father of the patriarchs, is represented as predicting what he saw would happen to each of his sons, and says of Judah, amongst other things, binding his colt to the vine and his ass's colt to the tendril of the vine. You write it, and his ass's colt to the haircloth, Cilicium, but in the Greek it stands, Kete eliki ton polon tes onuaftu. The Greeks call by the name Elika, twist, not the sprigs of the vine as our copies have it, but those sickle-like shoots by which it supports itself on branches of trees or poles, or the supports of the kind which I think the farmers call goatikans, so that the vine is made safe by these clinging shoots from all danger of falling, and the tendril can either become loaded with grapes or grow out in unfettered length. I think, therefore, that this very word, heliki, like some others, must have been set down a long time ago in the Latin versions, and that it was afterwards supposed by unintelligent copyists that by heliki, haircloth, cilicium must be meant. It is easy in this way to amend the mistakes of the translation, but it is not so easy to find out the meaning of the expression itself unless we take into consideration the whole passage. But the treatment of this passage would be placed in a fuller and clearer light if we could go back to the beginning of the whole of these benedictions. But this implies no small amount of leisure and of time, or, to speak in a more Christian sense, it demands a mind illuminated by the Holy Spirit, my talent is but slight and there are many demands on my time and my friends are urging me to comply with their requests about origin but so far as these circumstances admit and so great a matter can be treated with brevity i will state at once what appears to me the true meaning of this passage for the love with which you bid me trust you in everything and without prejudice to the judgment of others who may have something better to say about it preface to book two Paulinus to his brother Rufinus, all good wishes. Although our son Cerelius declared to me that it was uncertain whether in returning as he now does to St. Peter he would be able to visit you, yet it appears to me that it would be blamable in me and vexatious to you were I not to write to you by him in whom you have a part as well as I. It seems to me preferable to lose some letter-paper by his not visiting you, rather than to lose credit with you, as I think I should do by his visiting you without it. And therefore I have entrusted this letter, I will not say to chance, but to faith, for I believe that the Lord will direct to you the way both of our son and of my letter, since to those who long for good all will turn to good, and indeed he longs for you, as you ought to be longed for by one who understands the good he may gain from your society." I believe that this longing of his in a good matter will not be lost according to his faith and piety, and therefore I have confidence that he will reach you and abide with you, and that I shall see the saving help of the Lord doubled towards you, since in him you will have the accession of a good son and pupil and assistant, and he will find in you a father and teacher of all good things given to him from the Lord, who will add to the efficacy and power of his prayers the strength of spiritual grace." as to myself though i have the assurance that when you return to the east you will be unwilling to depart without visiting me yet my sins make me fear that the daughter of babylon may turn you away from me i pray therefore with earnest longings to the lord that he would give me not according to my deserts but according to my desire and may direct your course to me in the way of peace for such as do not walk in that way are reprobate and condemned and incapable of truly longing for your presence 
But now for the business part of my letter, I charge you with the importunity with which I am in the habit of knocking at your door, even in the middle of the night, being driven by fear of a refusal to the modest attitude of a supplicant, to show me kindness once more, and to expound the benedictions on the twelve patriarchs. You have already made a beginning with the prophecy relating to Judah, and have given according to the precept a threefold interpretation of it. I now beg you to expound the prophecy as it relates to each of the sons of Judah, so that I may myself become possessed of the truth by your means, and may also gain through your help the favour and the praise which will accrue to me, for I shall thus be able to make answer to those who have thought well to consult me on the difficulties of this passage of Scripture, not with foolish words drawn from my own understanding, but with divine truth flowing from your inspiration. Rufinus to his brother Paulinus, the man of God, with all good wishes. Though our common son, Cerelius, did not visit me, he felt what pain he would cause me if he delayed my reception of your letter and forwarded it to me. In reading it I felt, as usual, a continual increase in my yearning towards you, but I found towards its close a request from which I have frequently begged you to excuse me. I mean the request which you make that I should write something in answer to your questions as to the interpretation of passages of Scripture. I thought that I should lead you to desist from these questions by the writings I have once and again sent you, which have given evidence of my ignorance and of the roughness of my speech. But since you still are not weary of commanding me, I have at once, to the best of my powers, added to what I have written at your desire on the benediction of Judah, the comments on the remaining eleven patriarchs. I acted like the man in the parable of the two sons. I thought that I should thus best fulfil the father's will, and though, when he ordered me to go into the vineyard, I had said I will not go, yet after a while I went. If, as I grant, there is some rashness in the fact that, with so little capacity, we attempt such a great task, I would say, with submission to you, that this must be most justly imputed to you, since, through your excessive love for me, you do not see that my measure of knowledge, as of other virtues, is but slight. I wrote this work in the days of Lent, while I was staying in the monastery of Penitum, and I wrote it for you but I found it impossible to conceal this poor work from the brethren who were there, and they, considering that a thing which had been honoured by your approval must be of great importance, exhorted from me the permission to copy it for themselves. Thus, while you demand from me food for yourself, you give refreshment to others also. Farewell, and be in peace, my most loving brother, most true worshipper of God, and an Israelite in whom there is no guile. I entreat you, who are so full of the grace of God, to hold me still in remembrance. End of Preface to the Commentary on the Benedictions of the Twelve Patriarchs by Rufinus